Thanks again for listening to the Park Hills podcast. If you have information that you'd love to know about us and our sermon series and podcasts and things like that, go to parkhillschurch.com or the Park Hills Church app. So, Pastor Mark. Yes, Pastor Chris. Just like giving you the, the official title, <laughs> the esteemed right. one. So, there's a number of stories in Scripture that just don't quite go as we might expect, right? I mean, the, the idea, first of all, just the idea of the resurrection of Jesus. When they show up at the tomb that, that Sunday morning, they are not expecting it to be empty, which is so interesting, yeah. right, and intriguing that they... Jesus has said this over and over again, what he's going to do, and they still didn't quite pick it up. But his resurrection changed everything. I mean. Oh, yeah. Stunning. I mean, stunning change of, of what they expect, you know, to, to think they're. Well, even let's go back before that. You know, their, their initial expectations of here, here's Jesus, and sure. he's, going to, he's going to rule and reign. He's going, to, right. he's going to free our people, and we're going to get out from under uh, this uh, regime we're under, and it's going to be great. And then. Yeah. Then they're seeing him hang on a cross. Sure. I mean, if you're expecting a savior to save you, a savior saving you by dying doesn't make sense. Yeah. It just doesn't. So that's why Paul says things like the, the cross is foolishness, right? I mean, to it's just, it really just yeah. is. It's just foolishness if you think about it. And then those who are perishing look at it like you're trusting a guy who died a criminal's death and then you're claiming he rose from the grave. Like that doesn't seem legit. So those two things alone make the whole story, it flipped on its head. It didn't quite go the way you expected it to go. You know, one of my favorite ones that you don't expect to go, you remember the guy that died and his buddies just like toss him in a cave, you know, and they think, oh, yeah. he's, and then he walks out of the cave because he landed on the bones of Elijah, right? Yeah. Or not Elijah, Elisha, and he yeah. just pops to life and walks out of the cave. <laughs> like, that did not go as expected. No, slightly different than expected. <laughs> you know, even... I mean, really, it could even go back to the garden and sin and, and how things, you know, oh, we'll just partake of this fruit even though we're not supposed to. And well, yeah. that, that, things didn't go as they expected there, even though they were told, you know. And But even, I mean, it, it's threaded throughout Scripture. Look at uh, King David. Yeah. You have this uh, young shepherd boy. You are anointed to be the next king. All right, and then you're going to be basically on the run from mm -hmm. the existing king, and at times he'll be nice to you. You can play your harp, and he'll chill out and, and love it. Next thing you know, there's <laughs> spears you know, in the wall totally. next to your head. Well, even just the idea that you know this kid's going to play harp, and I'm going to feel better. like that That's never worked for me. I don't know if it's worked for you. but <laughs> I haven't tried it. There have been times right. where I feel very overwhelmed with things, and the last thing I want is a harp playing in my ear. You know, And I think about one of the other things, too, at least in our day and age today, and this has been a battle that's fought for the last hundred years or so, how you define the creation story, who created what, you know, there's a certain narrative out there that just says everything just sort of blasted off from nothing and became something, which is still one of the greatest mathematical and scientific mysteries to me. Yeah. Like how can you honestly argue that? Talk about needing faith. Right? Totally, totally. <laughs> versus believing in a benevolent God who can speak things into existence yeah. and does. A designer who, 
creates things with design. Yeah, I'm okay with that story. I'd rather stick with that one. But that's unexpected for people. When when people talk to me today, and I don't know if you have this experience as much, but they kind of mean they go, so, all right, what do you believe about the creation of the world? And I, I say, well, I believe God created it. They are surprised more often than not today, which is weird. So there's this, yeah. there's this kind of general overtone of the Bible that things don't go as you expect them to go, right? Yeah. Things don't quite work out. Sometimes the expectations are built really high and they just don't quite reach those. Or at times the story takes a turn that you just didn't expect. And we thought with this podcast, we would just share some of the stories in our life that didn't quite go the way we expected them to go. Yeah, I, 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 it's, I know it's shocking to some of you to imagine that our lives don't go perfectly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, the, the number of things over the years, you know, I just... Uh, I'm sure the disappointment my own wife has over the years. I mean, I I <laughs> promised that I would, you know, be a bodybuilder, you know, and, and and I've been building this body for a long time, but I don't think maybe that's what she thought I was going to do. You know, I'm just kidding. I never never promised her that. But <laughs> even relational things um, that don't go the way we we expect them to, or even just the the things that happen in life, or purchases that we make that oh, we yeah. end up having severe buyer's remorse over totally. because we had expectations that were quite different. You know, actually going back to the relational thing though, I, years ago uh, in when I was just beginning to date Charmaine, we, we, we spent a lot of time just walking and talking and it was great. We built a friendship first and that was kind of new for me. That was a different model <laughs> of, of dating than I had uh, previously had. But it was it was dragging on too long before we even held hands or anything. And one particular night, I I planned an incredible date, and it was with our whole dorm. All the guys, it was called an all star date. All the guys pitched in, and we did all these fancy things and went to these fancy places. Very expensive for college guys. And I I had declared to the guys that I said uh, I will hold her hand before this night <laughs> is over. I, I mean, it was it was just this firm declaration and. So we got back to the campus, and then we were going to go on another walk. And I said, all right, guys, I want to hold her hand. And, I, you know, the date went perfect, all that sort of thing. Spent all this money. I looked particularly good that night. Um, I, I, at least I believe that anyway. And uh, There's so many things I want to say that I just can't. <laughs> I'm not going to say. So we go on this walk, and we yeah. end up sitting in these benches behind the, the, the gymnasium of the school. And, and we're just talking. And I said, you know, I, I wanted to talk to you about our relationship. She goes, you do? I said, yeah. And, and, you know, I'm getting ready to amp this up. She goes, yeah, I was, I was thinking we should break up. <laughs> I was like, what? And we did, we broke up for, for a while. And then uh, later she had to beg me, beg to have me back. And, I was going to say, yeah, I made her pay. That didn't go as expected. And no. then I, I imagine her begging did not go as expected. No, no, I'm, I made her, I made her work for it. But uh, yeah, totally unexpected. The guys can I go back in the dorm. The guys are like, did you hold her in? I was like, no, we broke up. And they're like, shut up. You did not. Really. I'm like, no. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Which I don't think that's, that's expected from people here. Like, I don't think most people know that you, that you guys broke up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just funny because from my perspective, I've never known you two not to be together because you moved here. She was pregnant with Mallory or, or Zane. Zane. Yeah, yep. she was yep. pregnant we with had, Zane. Like, that's when I first, Jake and yeah, that's when I first met you guys. It was like, you had a baby and she was pregnant. And I was like, oh, what a cute couple. And like, I've always... You know, for the 20-something years I've known you, you guys have always been together. The, the idea of you guys having a rocky patch in a dating relationship doesn't make any sense to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. We, we've go, got so didn't many didn't go quite as I expected. Yeah. You know, I, years ago, Chris, actually, uh, 
I remember when I was a youth pastor, and you were just a student at that. Yeah, point. that's uh, true. Just, uh, yeah, a young, eager uh, high schooler, and I remember driving to a, a, an event in the Chicago area and driving our sure. big purple bus. Remember the purple buses? And oh yeah. By the way, that was uh, an unexpected thing for Pastor Cliff back in the day because uh, we, I, he approved me buying this bus and all this stuff, and we decided to paint it purple. I'll never forget the day that he came into my office because the bus was back in the lot, and he, he came in my office. He just opened my door. He leaned in a little bit, and he says, "Is our new bus purple?" I went, "Yep," and he just nodded his head, backed out, and closed my door. <laughs> <laughs> he was not expecting that, but you know, I was driving that purple bus yes, one, you one were. night, and you know, I was safety conscious as always. You know, just wanting to make sure everything everybody sure. got home safe. Totally focused on my job, I'm sure, and. Going through the Chicago tolls back then, you had to stop and give you know pay, yep. pay the thing. And I'm coming through the final one there by Belvedere, and I stopped and paid the toll. And the woman says that that state trooper right over there is going to pull you over. I said, he is. Chris, why why would that state trooper have pulled me over? I'm sure I was operating fully within the confines of the law. You were, you were, yeah. Unexpectedly, I was not. Oh, you weren't? No, no, I wasn't. So as you looked in your rearview mirror at that point, you saw me with half of my body hanging out the bus window. What you didn't know at that point is I had 37 cents in my hand that I was going to tip this lady with that 37 cents. So the, the toll back then was 40 cents. We were pretty close to the 40. I was going to give that to her and either have her as pay. As a personal tip. Sure. So that seemed like a good idea to you, did it? Everything seemed like a good idea at the time, Mark. And apparently you had done this at the previous toll booth as well, because this toll booth operator seemed to be ready for me, as did the Illinois State Trooper. Yeah, so one Gary Gordon and I, uh, who had gotten ourselves in a number of oh, trouble. Oh, highly mature. Youth number leader. of scrapes for you, really for your benefit. We were, I would like to think of it as we were helping your maturity and your sanctification oh, grow. That Sure. That's what it was. So we were in Chicago. Me the man I am today. We were in Chicago. <laughs> That's exactly right. We were in Chicago at an evangelism conference, and uh, Gary and I were being annoying all week long, which I or weekend long, which I can't imagine people can imagine that. And uh, on the way home, we were being especially annoying. And at one point, Gary said we should tip the toll booth operator. And I thought, what a great idea. So I grabbed a so dime. You're on record as saying, is it was Gary's idea? Sure. Okay. And I grabbed a dime out of my pocket and I opened the window, and. As you went through the toll booth shortly before the toll booth that you're talking about in the story here, I, unbeknownst to you, had my hand out the window. And as you sped up out of the toll booth, I, in a split second decision, decided to just throw the dime at her or at least into the booth. So I threw the dime into the toll booth and between the speed of the, of the bus and the wind and everything else, it, it hit the wall pretty hard to the point where she ducked. And like looked over the the counter at me and freaked out and the as so as the bus is driving away I have just thrown a projectile <laughs> at an individual so then the officer pulls us over at the next toll booth and he walks into the bus and says who threw the quarter to which I did not raise my hand because it was a dime which then he got a little frustrated and then I remember him saying who threw the projectile at which point I raised my hand and said. That might have been me. He said, might have been you. And then he pulled me up and started reaming me, ripping me a new one, told me I was a disgrace to our faith, a disgrace to the church, all these things. And the entire time, Mark, I kept thinking, I, should I ask if he is sure that he got the right purple bus? Like that's, <laughs> that's the question I wanted to ask, but I respect our officers. And I thought that would seem disrespectful. 
it'd be hilarious. In my mind, I thought that would be a really funny question to ask right now, but I restrained myself because unexpectedly I am more mature. No, that's not true. At what he's omitting from that story is the lecture that I received as the bus driver who was yes. not controlling my passengers. Little did I know this is even happening. And to make matters worse, I actually was driving home with a slight level of anxiety because we had not kept the inspection up to date. And we were a month behind on yeah. our inspection. This sticker in the front window, right about, right in front of my uh, driver's uh, steering wheel there. And so I was leaning sideways with my elbow against this <laughs> sticker so that he didn't notice that we were uh, not compliant with the DOT safety regulations. <sighs> so I had anxiety over that. I didn't know that. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Had no. I known oh, how you much... You are sorry about this? The anxiety that I gave you. <laughs> I am sorry about that. Yes. However, the idea of tipping a toll booth was not the worst idea that I've ever had. I'm thinking it was. In the... In the grand scheme of things, it wasn't the worst idea. However, that story did not go as expected, partly because I got in no trouble. And second, he told me he could arrest me if I was just a year older. And I don't know if that was for show or play, but it definitely uh, got me straight. So the rest of the ride, I just sat in silence waiting to be reamed by you. I was so grateful that you, your first question to me, whether you realize it or not, back in your office, I walked into your office, all the kids had left. It was just me. I was getting ready to drive home, and I, I came. I said, sorry. And you looked at me, and you go, what were you doing? And I said, I tipped the toll booth operator. And you said, why on earth would you do that? And I said, I have no good answer for you. Like, that was the beginning of, of a conversation. And then you started laughing as I told you the story, and you wanted to give Gary a noogie probably. But Yeah, exactly. But none of that was expected, right? You didn't expect to get pulled over. I didn't expect that I was throwing a projectile. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did appreciate that he also did then chew out Gary because at some point he said, do you not have any other adults on this bus to help supervise them? <laughs> and little, you know, there's the, the one, the adult sitting next to you who is actually provoking you toward this yeah. act of, of maliciousness. Um, Although he didn't stand up for me the way I wanted him to. And then when I sat back down in silence and kind of scared, he, first of all, he'd abandoned me at that point. He had, he's in another seat. <laughs> And he comes up to me and he, he, he sits right next to me for a second and he goes, hey, if you would have gotten arrested, I would have gone with you. Like, that's not a good, that's yeah. not helpful, Gary, at yeah, all. after the fact he says that. No. You know, years ago, I had uh, what I thought was a brilliant idea. And uh, <laughs> I thought it would be cost effective for the church. We were heading to a youth conference down in Texas. Yep. And... Uh, the flights were very expensive. The The hotels in downtown uh, downtown Dallas were incredibly expensive. Yeah. So I thought to myself, you know, if we road trip this, we could save money on the flights. Yes. And then I thought, how do we save money on the hotels? Well, setting up tents on, you know, you know, on the lawn there uh, it w w would not be a good <laughs> Are idea. Are you talking about like the grassy knoll? Yeah, the grassy <laughs> Like we, we camp out on the grassy knoll? Yeah. The, that it seems like a bad I idea. I thought that would have been a bad idea. Yeah, so possibly. So I thought, you know what, let's rent an RV. So we rented an RV, and, and what we a did. fun road trip that was. It was uh, glorious. Yeah, it, I did have a scary moment in the middle of the night. We put Ryan Schmitz on the late <laughs> shift of driving, and I remember being asleep in the cabin over the top of the cab there, and I mean, it, the thing's vibrating violently. And I'm like, what is wrong? And I finally just poked my head down. I looked at the speedometer. And Ryan's running this RV at like a little over 80 miles an hour. And it's shaking sure. like crazy. I don't know how he got it to do it. And I said, why are you driving so fast? 
And he looks at me with these wide, watery eyes, and he goes, I just saw the biggest flock of crows. <laughs> at which point I said, pull over, pull over. You're obviously <laughs> tired. He, we, he, we had made him drive it, far too late. It was so great. And the fact that we're riding in an RV, and here's the five people. It is you, Nate Borman, myself, Ryan Schmitz, and then J.D. Elgin. Yep. The, so we were both your interns, J.D. and I. Ryan was youth pastor at that point, I think, at Martintown, right? Wouldn't that have been? Probably, yeah. Yeah, and so then you, you two are the youth pastors. So those five of us are in a we're, – we're also bigger fellas trying to all stay in an RV and sleep in it. Yeah. I mean, besides J.D. J.D.'s just a stick, yeah. of, a, stick of a man. But, <laughs> yeah, so Ryan seeing a flock of crows in the middle of the night, a little t- terrifying. Uh, but then we got to Dallas. Yeah. Right? Safe so and sound. I, you know, my expectation would have been we could just park the RV at the convention center. Yeah. Assumptions don't always play out no, the way you want no, them to. No. Yeah. So then it became, okay, where do you park a big RV? Great question. In 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 the greater Dallas area. Sure. Um, we we then drove <laughs> we drove some distance yes. to to. Um, to a rental car place because we thought, you know what, let's find it. We're going to need a rental car now. Yep. And during that time, Ryan Schmitz it, thought it would be a great idea to shower while we were driving down the road. Which, also great. Which was, was great because I, I discovered that a quick uh, wiggle of the steering wheel made him flop completely out of the shower onto the floor. Right. Hysterical. Uh, yes. We loved it. He did, Priceless moments. He did not like it so much. Anyway. He did not think it was funny. Yeah. But so we go to a rental car place. We agreed. They agreed to let us park our RV at the rental place, totally. which was not a nice neighborhood. This and give us a water hookup and a, and a sewer hookup. Like we had everything we needed. We didn't need a hotel room. We've got this thing. And then do you remember we got out of the RV and we were all excited to like, they're, they're really going to let us stay here on the parking lot. And then we looked across the street and there were a couple of establishments that sell things that none of us would ever buy. Oh, yeah. And then there was a jail down the street. Yes. And a couple other establishments that we probably would never um, darken the hallways of. Uh, the morality level on the street was pretty low. Correct. Pretty That's low. a good way to put it. Keeping so, it clean for the podcast. So then, yeah, then the prob- problem then became we couldn't drive the RV to the convention center, so we needed a rental car. And that was part of why they let us park there. But we're at a rental car place. What, yeah, a, so what a happenstance situation. So let's rent a car on. for five big guys. Yeah. So that we had two options. Do you remember? Yes, we our first option was uh, basically like a Cadillac Escalade kind of. Yeah, some kind of SUV. Like ex- yeah, ex- yeah. Expedition. But it was a yeah, seven-seater, eight-seater. Yeah, yeah, very one. large. But, you know, when you really break it down, vehicles that big, we had to drive a good 10 miles back into the city every day to go to the conference, right? I mean, yeah. it was something like that. And when you really break it down like that, that, that big vehicle, that uses a lot of gas. Yeah, and, and costly to rent. Sure. And if we're trying to be economic... Uh, between, you know, we've, we, we've dumped the hotel, we've dumped the, you know, the flights. Why on earth would we break that streak at this point? Yeah. Well, really, he, he didn't have many options, but, you know, I remember asking him what his other option was. He said, yeah. well, I've, I've got a little car, but it wouldn't work for you. I said, what do you have? He said, a Geo Metro. <laughs> I said, oh. He's, he's, By the way, very cheap to rent. Oh, yeah. Oh, cost effective. <laughs> and gas mileage? <laughs> yes. Primo. I don't even think it used gas. I'm not sure. Uh, it must have. <laughs> not much. <laughs> We doubled the weight. But he said, you know, you can't can't use that. And I said, why couldn't we? It was kind of like he was daring me at that point. Amen to that, brother. Yes. So he was he found himself in an unexpected moment. He did. Yeah. He did. I said, you know, we'll take the we'll take the metro. The Geo Metro, the you know, car that you could park on a postage stamp. Yep. 
what fun we had. The memories are far greater having, you know, rented that little car than. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The memories were phenomenal. And by the time the week got over and we're going to spare everybody all the stories, because some of those are probably going to make their way into sermons at some point, because <laughs> we've been holding on to some of these for years and they, they're about to see the light of day at some point in the near future. But, uh, Here's what happened to us by the end of the week. We did not expect that at the end of the week, a homeless man in a McDonald's would say, oh, you guys are staying over there at the Enterprise parking lot? Because I, I jokingly said from McDonald's, hey, I can see our house from here. And he said, oh, you guys are the ones staying in the RV. Then I, I was uh, scared that, that the homeless people knew where we were living. That was a scary moment for me. Uh, I also didn't expect to be a celebrity. We, we had been on the screen a couple times, mentioned that there were five of us driving in a Geo Metro to here every day. Yep, living in an RV. Yeah, and uh, I also didn't expect to be a celebrity that in a couple of years later, an improv group that we we really appreciated and we told them our whole story, they remembered us years later as the individuals who stayed in the Geo Metro. Well, it was hard for them to forget because the night we challenged, That's us, true. We, we, we had the challenge to see how many people we could pile in the Metro. And I can't remember a number. I want to say it was 13. Yeah. We put 13 people into that Metro and then drove around the block. It was our idea and they were all too willing yes. to try to, you know, help influence this idea. So I guess being uh, smashed into a car with 12 other, other people was something memorable for them that they remembered. Absolutely. To come. If you own a Geo Metro in the Dallas greater Metro area that maybe the suspension doesn't work as well as you think it should, which by the way, it's a Geo Metro. You've, you, you, you know, you shouldn't expect the expension. It's the suspension long to work. Since yeah, yeah, gone. yeah, yeah. But if you think, man, this this vehicle doesn't quite drive right, I wonder what, what if if it was owned by an enterprise before. There's a really good chance that uh, we ruined it for you, and you're welcome. It's a story. It's a story. You know, we had uh, we had some unrealistic expectations about how that trip would go, but but we were famous. Yep, it turned out. That's all that matters. So. All these goofy stories really play into the, the various passages that we're dealing with in Exodus at this point, right? That's, that's the good pastor in you that's going to pull this all back together and try to redeem it. <laughs> well, coming back to this, think about each of those stories. And this, this really leads into where you went with the sermon this week. And it's also jettisoning us toward the rest of, of Exodus. Yep. Like as you look yep. at the rest of Exodus— I think in our mind, we have expectations. You know, you yep. wanted to save money on a trip. And and honestly, you did save the church a ton of money. And it was memorable. Extremely memorable. That's one of those stories that when I tell it, even on youth trips today, like that's a good hour drive waster. Do you know? Yeah. We're driving to Myrtle yeah, Beach. Yeah, that was the, the speed version of that story. Oh, totally. You're sitting yeah. in a van driving to Myrtle Beach and the kids are getting bored. Everyone's getting a little restless. You know, you're not going to stop for another hour. I just start telling the Geo Metro story and I've got everybody rolling the whole van is loving the whole story. They're asking all these questions like, what did you guys, you guys seriously did that? And it's great. And you can embellish a few details because yeah. yeah. it's no. worth it. It's artistic license. <laughs> but at the end of the day, each of these things have developed us and they've molded us into who yeah. we are. And it, our, our friendship is deeper because of some of these things. Mm -hmm. Our, you know, 
our reputation is either tarnished <laughs> through a dual a diamond of Tollbooth <laughs> operator or marred or polished. Yeah, marred or polished. Uh, you know, I, I learned a lot from you in that moment how not to freak out at students when they do something dumb, and that happened a lot for me as a youth pastor, where a student of mine did something dumb. Yeah, go figure. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of times the first thing that went through my head was a Bible verse, and the second thing that went through my head was remember how Mark treated you that night, and how that was actually really foundational for your faith. And I thought you were going to read me and you didn't. That was beautiful. So we look at Exodus five and, and this whole idea and really this whole section of Exodus, if you think about it, if God shows up to you and says, I'm going to free your people, mm-hmm. you expect it just to go easy. Yeah. And you don't expect Pharaoh to then double down and make it harder for everybody. But yet the point that you made, and I think it's, it's really good and kind of where we're, we're heading with this whole concept over the next few weeks Israel's better for it, having gone through it the way they did, right? Yeah, they don't see that at the moment, but it it it, it does. It shapes them, and even shapes their understanding of God. And and we it's so applicable to all of us because we get these ideas in our mind. We logically form the sequence of events that's that's going to take place, and it's going to end, you know, with product A or whatever, product right. B. And, and and God has a way of just interfering with those plans and, yeah. and and reminding us that we are not as in control as we think we are. Right. Especially Ryan at 2 a.m. Yeah. He's not as in control as he thinks he is. He had no control. Anybody who sees a flock of crows that early in the morning, first of all, why would they be flying? Second of all, it's dark. So there's problems. There's problems there. So when you think about the Israelites and you think about Exodus 5, just think about the fact that God has a promise on Israel that he's going to ultimately fulfill. In the meantime, as things go completely haywire and awry, one of the things that I love about all the stories that we've told, even your breakup story, as heartbreaking as that was at the moment, you were a better version of yourself the next time you guys started dating. Yeah. Right? Yeah. God works through all of these things, even in all the craziness. And... um it's neat to look back over our shoulders if we've been walking with Jesus for any length of time and and realize, you know, we look at how things came out and we thought, boy, that's not how I thought it was going to, or that wasn't the initial plan, or this followed plan until this point, and yet you sit, you live long enough and walk with Jesus long enough to know that God was in it. God was there. Um, oftentimes it was God that changed those plans or... Or, uh, you know, and we, we talked about a lot of the lighter, funny ones, but uh, some, of, some of the things along the way are, are devastating or they're so hard or incredibly painful. Right. And yet God is still God and he has a plan and he has our best interest at heart. And we look forward to the ultimate deliverance of being with our Savior in heaven and between now and then we just don't know what we will have to face and endure and what God will let us endure.